Welcome to this special edition of the MLN podcast. When we announced that we would be providing weekly thought leading content for the duration of the lockdown, we were contacted by a number of local managers, leaders and businesses asking if we would cover the area of technology and specifically how we can leverage technology in both our business and indeed our, our personal lives to allow us all to navigate the current situation as best we can. Thankfully, MLN's technology champion has answered that call for help, and I'm delighted to be joined remotely today by Patrick Leggett from Experience. So thanks for joining us, Patrick. We very much appreciate your time. You're welcome, Kevin. Glad to be here, virtually. <laughs> Important. Uh, I don't know you, you'll agree with me in this to say that, that, that we, we all acknowledge that first and foremost, this is a, a health crisis. People are getting sick people are losing their lives and to help prevent the spread and save lives we all need to find new ways of working the secondary challenge is then to keep our economy moving and and where possible keep business happening um for many of us this means remote working and that's where i want to start with the, the notion of of remote working and the three areas that i'm particularly interested in are productivity collaboration and security and i believe cyber crime has increased during the pandemic so if it's okay with you let, let's start there um so what can and should we be doing to prepare protect detect and even respond to cyber security threats okay that's that's a, a all-encompassing in question i suppose kevin what what we've realized is uh, that when people are working in their offices, they're reliant on the security that their office-based IT will give them. So, you know, you're, you're assuming that people will have antivirus, anti-spam, etc. software, and they'll have secure firewalls to protect them from as best as possible from cyber threats. Now that we're working remotely, we know we've clients that are using their own home devices. They didn't have the space for a desktop, so they're maybe using their own personal laptop. And therein lies the challenge for people working remotely because they're working through their own personal Wi-Fi, their own personal uh, internet service providers platforms. So it introduces a security risk. So there's, I suppose, five basic things that we would be saying first and foremost, number one, Make sure that you're doing the basics. You've got your antivirus software, number two, your anti-spam, um, malware protection. But then you're starting to look at uh, you know, your, your password policies, maybe setting stronger passwords, because now that you're working from home, don't use the same password that you would use for your personal stuff. Have something completely separate. But ultimately, just tighten that security and be mindful. Unfortunately, we have organizations out there that will try and exploit these situations so we've seen a rise in phishing emails where people are maybe clicking on a link to get more information about the COVID-19 situation and that's exposing them because whilst you're working from home you know it's good from a, maybe a business perspective and maybe employees being more at home with the families you still need to consider how secure you are GDPR rules and data security still apply and any security breach will impact the business and ultimately the business reputation. 
So it's making sure that you're following the basics, security in terms of all the antivirus stuff that I've mentioned before, but also accessing securely. It's not just connect and off you go. Um, and say we, in the first two weeks of this, we were helping a lot of clients try and make sure that when they were connecting, they were connecting securely. Um, and they, they, they couldn't be um, they couldn't be exposed or that exposure was removed. But it's also the basics of remembering if you're getting emails or uh, notifications that seem too good to be true, just ignore them, delete them. Um, you know, don't 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 uh, just click on something because it seems it seems to be believable. And it's it's just following those basics. And you know, to protect that was ultimately what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. And why have, is it just pure opportunism or the fact that we are working from home out of our, our natural work environment that, that uh, cyber criminals are upping the ante at this stage? I think you've, you've hit the nail on, you know, on the head in that regard. It is opportunistic. You know, people will exploit these situations. Um, it's random. They're not targeting, you know, Peter Smith from 32 Heiberg. Crescent, Belfast, they are just being completely opportunistic, sending out random emails, checking uh, the, the security of firewalls. I mean, the, I used to, the analogy I used to use it, if you went to a car park and walked around all the, the parked cars, checking the doors, you will eventually find a car that has an open door. And that's what it is. It's it's people maybe having very loose password policies, not having the appropriate software on their devices to protect them, and making the assumption, well, you know, uh, I'm I'm pretty safe. Um, and you know, people will exploit that. Uh, unfortunately, that is always going to be the case with these situations, and they will try to turn it into a, a money making uh, scheme. You know, so it's just being very mindful uh, because it's so f front and center of the news and everything else that we, we have seen a big increase in the COVID-19 emails and communications and people are, you know, you just don't want to click on them. So there's some practical software tools out there that people can download to stop that. And for those who are minded to, to take this opportunity to refresh passwords or even refresh their approach to, to passwords are there any resources that you could recommend well i mean there's a lot of software tools out there um and you know i do have a view between free applications and, and paid for applications because i do believe in, in it you get what you pay for but it's also being the basics not just having a password that you change by adding a digit to it's mm -hmm. trying to make it something that's memorable memorable for you but but is uh, you know ultimately uh secure enough there's enough characters and exclamation marks etc i mean there's organizations out there that that will go that extra level with what they call multi-factor authentication a bit like you know you can set your email up to do that so a bit like your bank card where you need your pin and your card it's the same idea so there's some simple things that businesses can put in place to, to try and just improve the security. Because I say, it was all a bit of a rush to get everyone working remotely. Uh, being a technology company, it, you know, this, <laughs> we, we're, we're lucky that, you know, we, that's what we've always been geared up for. Um, so it's having those tools in place that uh, businesses can use. Um, 
and you know it's say that there's there's quite a few out there from the likes of SOFOS um, through a AVG etc that, that people can download and use. And tell me Patrick how is experience coping with the current circumstances? Um, Kev I suppose we've been lucky in, in the regard that whenever the lockdown came every part of our business is already cloud-based. I mean, we have our own cloud platforms, but our support systems are in the cloud, our finances are in the cloud, our CRM, etc. So it, it, it was a very easy step or transition for us because the security is in place, the backups in place. So we could literally say to our guys, uh, I remember it well, it was actually on the 17th, St. Patrick's Day on the 17th of March, we made the decision, right? We're gonna make everyone work remotely. So we were lucky in that as a night, you know, we had the tools, we were already geared up for that. And, you know, that's, that's where it, I mean, I think I touched on it earlier where the internet was born for this, but actually cloud was born for this because um, it, it takes one other headache away. And that made the transition very simple for us. Um, and we've, we've, you know, we know that there's businesses out there that are still, everything is maybe on premise and then they have the headache and the concern about how do people connect remotely how do they connect securely how can we collaborate um who's doing the backups so you know we that afforded us to continue to at least support our customers deal with those support queries deliver deliver services remotely because uh we had already made that transition and I think, you know, moving forward when we come out of this, I think there'll be a lot more businesses that will then be saying, right, um, could we go through this again? No. So what, what can we do differently? And even, you know, we've, some of the things when you hear about furlough, we've had clients who are in the cloud have been able to come back to us and say, right, we need to turn, you know, we need to reduce our cloud hosting by X because we're furloughing and it's again allowing them to save um, until the time is right for them to increase users and and get back up to where they were before this hit. So we were lucky, um, as I say, we were already there and, and it was a straightforward like switching on a light switch to say right tomorrow everyone's working from home. But I think for the wider business population that maybe didn't have that flexibility, this will be a game changer moving forward into how we look at technology, supporting our businesses going forward and how, if there's ever another occurrence or something similar, can we like switch on the light and everyone's working remotely and the business momentum isn't impacted. Yeah. Yeah, I think levels of of agility are are exceptionally important now, and will continue to be exceptionally important. Uh, you know, even if, if yeah. there is a second wave of this, you know, uh, being agile is is going to be is going to be crucial, and and the cloud just affords immense levels of of agility. So yeah, great point. And we'll we'll get into to productivity and, and collaboration in just a second but to, to momentarily lighten the mood and think about technology within our personal lives at the minute are there any pieces of software or online content uh, that are 
improving your life or, or the life of your family whilst in lockdown? Um, so I suppose for us, because, uh, and I really feel for people that maybe have parents or grandparents that are self-isolation, in self-isolation, um, it's trying to keep in touch with those ones. So certainly from a family perspective, we've run uh, the odd uh, family quiz over video conferencing. Uh, using Microsoft Teams, um, which is which has been hilarious to say the least. Um, and I know there's a few takes on there about uh, people shouting at screens, not being able to hear people. But that's that's been very uh, uplifting for us to stay in touch with cousins and and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. So that's worked very well for us. Uh, me personally, it's it's been the the, the likes of uh, Spotify and streaming. Um, I think for some of the parents of younger kids, the the Disney channels coming out at five ninety nine a month has been a big a big hit. Uh, but for me, it's 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 more the the, the staying in touch with with family and friends that uh, that you normally would call in and see. So you know, I have a virtual beer night with my brothers over over Teams uh, on a on a Friday evening just for an hour to catch up. Yeah, um, and it's it's just that it's trying just to keep that, and that's one of the big things I think in any of these things with video conferencing. It's use use the video, not just the voice, because you you, you can get to see people and still feel that there's there's a level of engagement there, and you're still catching up with friends and family. Yeah, excellent. It was one of the resources that I've that I've enjoyed or benefited from. Um, during the lockdown period is, is Blinkist, uh, an app called Blinkist, which uh, allows you to uh, consume a book in, in 15 minutes or an audio book in 15 minutes. And when you're, when you're running a business and you're at a point where you need to, to reinvent or innovate or uh, um, shift your paradigm, in a little way, injections of, of uh, short information, like that have been very useful. So Blinkist is one that I would. Um, I'll, I'll take a note of that one. We've we've had that on house part. Well, house party's been another one. Um, but as I say, it's it's trying to to make the best of a of a bad situation, and 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 stay as positive as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah. So so back to uh, back to business then, and uh, I'm interested in. The notion of collaboration and the impact of this crisis on the, the, both the concept and the realities of a connected workforce. What are the challenges that you're seeing? What are the solutions? And I suppose looking beyond the crisis, how do you see team working and collaboration evolving post-COVID? <laughs> That's a very interesting question. I mean, we were talking about this the other day, and you could you could argue this is what the internet was born for. Um, it, it is this is truly it's not just about you know when we used it to book flights or book holidays or whatever. For us, uh, we 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 now there there's we're we're using the tools that that we've had at our disposal within the likes of Office three six five or related Teams, but we're using that every day now um, to really collaborate and stay in touch. The video element has been superb for us, uh, not just to see each other's rooms in the houses, but to actually uh, have that engagement that you would normally have if you're face-to-face in an office. 
but what it's also allowing us to do is have um, you know regular uh, not so much social interaction but uh, drop in channels where people like we, we have a channel called the coffee pod where people can just post the, the you know random stuff but stuff that's happening um, that, that they want to share with the rest of the team and I think that will continue post lockdown um, because we're getting to know a lot more uh, people not just as, em as employees and work colleagues but we're also getting to to know more about them, their families, etc. And that's to me, that's been actually a very positive spin-off. There's, you know, maybe people are embarrassed sometimes you're having a video call with them and their their daughter or son comes in to sit in their knee. And I think that's the real human point of this. Yeah. Um, and and you sometimes forget that in your busy work lives. And and to me that brings a smile to my face because, you know, we, we're all people just trying to get through this as best we can. But I actually think, certainly for us as an organisation, and hopefully this is the same for others, it's, it's brought the, the the staff a lot closer together. And you know, we've ramped up the use of those tools. So we have a what's what's on weekly channel. So just before we broke for Easter, there people were asked to to decorate their desks and you know, uh, with the Easter eggs and uh, to share that. And there was an online poll and, vo and voting. And where we're, we get suggestions now coming back, Q&A sessions for our, our we're holding our, our company meeting uh, virtually and we have a Q&A session and people have submitted questions, obviously, you know, the un uncertain times that we're in. So I, I think that's going to be a game changer going forward. I think we're, we've been... Certainly, as an IT company, people would expect us to use these tools, but we've clients that are now really embracing these tools, and they're actually saying, you know, that this this has been a bit of a game changer, and I think it's gonna they'll realise that you know maybe one or two days a week post this week we could do our work remotely and then go into the office to be more collaborative and productive. But you don't lose that collaboration or productivity. In fact, I'd say mine's gone up. I wouldn't want my fellow. Uh, business partners to, to hear that uh, but the, the, it's certainly gone up since this because uh, that there's a lot more focus on you're, you're really eating and breathing the tools that you've had at your disposal for quite some time you mentioned productivity what what can organizations and individuals be doing to ensure we are as productive as possible now and is there anything we should be doing to ensure that we emerge increasingly productive when restrictions are lifted so I think you've, you've touched on it already but can we carry through and build upon the learns that we've been forced to to uh, to make in this crisis in the future um well i think every business like we have as soon as this situation hit went through their costs and thought right what 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 do we need what do we not need and i think when we get back to some semblance of normality you know every pound will be will be a prisoner and it's forced us all to then use the tools that we've got at our disposal i think because we're having to make decisions a lot quicker now because things are changing quickly um your meetings are probably going to be a lot more to the point uh, how we disseminate information and share information um, will, will be a lot more succinct. And I think that will be brought back in post-COVID-19, uh, post if you like, um, you know, for, for continued working practices. 
Um, it, it is strange times, but it, it has been the business continuity plan that every business has had to now enact. I appreciate that in some environments, it's, it's almost led to a complete lockdown. For others like ourselves, we're thankfully with people out there that can deliver work remotely. We're training remotely. We're scoping work remotely. Um, and, uh, you know, that, so we're still, thank goodness, being able to, to, to be productive. Um, and in some scenarios, as I say, we, we, we can't get to site, then we can ideally ship equipment to site and then configure it remotely. And I think that will be a bit of a game changer, certainly for us and for other businesses that realize they can still continue, still keep the wheels turning, uh, just utilizing the, the technology tools that they have at their disposal. And personal productivity, and I'm, I'm, I'm feel free not to answer this one, uh, but your your own daily routine, like oh, how you yeah. have what does that look like? Well, the daily routine is we 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 um, we have a COVID nineteen team um, that that meets every morning at half eight, and we're there really to look what we would call exceptions or red flags. Um, like any business, you're going to be mindful of cash, you're going to be mindful of orders, you're going to be mindful of um, your, your order book and, and productivity levels, you're mindful of the, the well-being of your staff, uh, you want to make sure that, so that's what we have every morning. And then I would have a catch up with my team um, straight after that, just to literally deal with any queries or questions that they have. And then through the day, Kevin, I'm literally moving from one virtual meeting to another um, to, to really find out and make sure that we're there for our clients. So in the initial impact of this, it was all about remote working. Can we get set up for remote working? Now it's about security um, that you touched on earlier. And now the third element that we're getting a lot of requests for is, well, we've got all these tools. How can we get the most from them? So we're now meeting to look at putting on some uh, remote training, just virtual webinars so that people can just hop on and when they've now maybe got a bit more time, they can then use that time to, to be trained up better in some of the tools that whenever we're over this, they can then bring back into the workplace and continue using. So we've actually been very, very busy from that aspect as, as we've moved through. The other, then we have an end of business uh, catch up at the end of the day. So I would say probably my working days move from kicking off around about half eight through to about half six. Um, so uh, it's been it's been interesting, and it's it's you know w will it slow down? I, I doubt it. Um, I, I think that we will have more queries because once we come out of this, it's how do we get. How, how do we continue with this momentum of utilizing the tools that we've got and how can we get back up and running when we're back into the office? Yeah. And the homeworking, how are you finding it? Um, I, I think that it, it's, I suppose it's having that balance. Um, I'm at the slight uh, later stage in life where I don't have young kids. I've older lads that have now come home over this period. So that, you know, I feel I'm probably luckier than others who maybe are juggling the home life balance where young kids just don't understand. Well, if mommy and daddy are there, why can't we just keep playing and why can't you entertain us? So for me, 
I found it's allowed me to be a lot more focused, um, you know, just because everything is, is a lot more succinct. Uh, but it's important to have that that those those breaks the same way you would have that virtual when you're in the office you'll go and make a cup of coffee a cup of tea it's important to still have that break and it's still important to reach out to people who you might see when you're in the office but you don't necessarily engage with each day so we try to build in calls to other members of staff that we would see uh, in the office but they don't maybe directly report to us or a part of our team, but you know, it's, it's keeping that kind of uh, interaction and connection is probably the, the best way to put it, you know, whilst you're working remotely. Yeah. 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 You're describing my world there with the, uh, with the three young children. <laughs> yes. Around expecting me to, to, to play with them all the time. And there is a level of guilt there that, uh, you know, or I know that they don't quite understand. Stand. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Um, I say one other recommendation in terms of content that, that I've found beneficial. And I think businesses who have been forced to, to embrace remote working. Um, but once we get past this may then retain it to some extent, um, a book called remote by, uh, Jason Freed, who I'm pronouncing that right. And, and David Hansen, I've found to be, be very uh, relevant and, and beneficial. So that's another one for for listeners to. Yeah, I've I've taken a note of that too. Thank you, Cam. Uh, I want to explore the the area of, of, of business intelligence, but before we do, um, if you can indulge me for a second time and and excuse my technological ignorance, uh, I still actually use the expression "yoke" uh, to describe any piece of uh, technology or equipment. Um, but I'm trying to keep up with technologies that 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 do improve our lives. So, um, so my quirky question is uh, to you: Is the best yoke that you have bought in the last couple of years um, for a less than a hundred pounds and b more than a hundred pounds? Okay, um, I would say the best, the best yoke, um, the best technology product that i have bought under 100 pounds uh would be my bluetooth headphones um i i love it when heading out for a walk or as we're meant to have our one uh daily bout of exercise is putting the headphones in and really listen to podcasts or to my music list on spotify um and that's just pure self-indulgence i really do enjoy uh listening to music so that that would be a huge tick i'd be lost without without the headphones i have to say um before you, before you go on to the over 100 pounds i can't let that pass without saying uh, give us an idea of what what's playing on the on the spotify and also what podcasts you're you're listening to well, believe it or not, <laughs> I this is going to make me sound desperately old, but in terms of the podcasts, uh, uh, I would be big into a bit of humour, um, but I, I like to catch up on the BBC World News and the finance side of things, so I would re-listen to those. Um, I've always been a fan. He's gone now. It's Jerry Anderson. You probably don't remember him, uh, Kevin, but uh, just for, for his take on on. on the local people here um, from that side, uh, but also uh, I big into uh, the motivational uh, talks because I, I think it's important that you, you do 
remember that there, there's there's other things out there. The Dan Pink motivational series, I'm very very fond of to listen um, and and focus on because it helps if from speaking and then uh, working with your teams. And as to music, I have quite an eclectic mix. Everything from Bruce Springsteen, Van Morrison, Coldplay, the script. Um, I have no, I'm not tied to one genre. Um, Stevie Wonder, oh gosh, uh, <laughs> such a broad, a broad, broad mix. Um, you know, depend on uh, easily listening or, or whatever mood you're in. Yeah, yeah, super. Okay, and your your uh, your yoke for more than a hundred pounds. Ah, that, that again is self-indulgence. It's it's my uh, the, the my Sony Smart TV, fifty-five inch. That's linked to the stereo. That's linked to everything. And we actually big-time users with linking to the video conferencing, where I could see all the family remotely on the big TV screen um, during one of our uh, Skype or team sessions. You know, that's that's been a big uh, big joy. Um, um, from from that side, that's just a personal indulgence, yeah. where you're watching watching a good movie, or actually, I would watch a lot of YouTube concerts, and uh, just seeing them on the big screen is, is great, great, great enjoyment. And, and beer night with the brothers on the big screen as well. Beer night with the brothers, yep, yep, catching up and what's what's happening out in in their world at the minute. Um, so it's, it's it's still keeping that kind of virtual communication and contact, even though we're all socially distancing. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it does it does really help from that side of things. Well, well uh, back uh, back wearing our, our business hats um, at the at the recent MLN summit, we heard pretty much from from every speaker, but especially uh, Sean O'Connor from Stat Sports and Niall McKeown from from Ionology refer to the importance of data as a platform for, for business intelligence and the springboard even for, for performance and future performance. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for, for listeners in terms of creating and accessing accurate and actionable business data? Oh, it's, it's crucial. Um, I mean, if, if I look before the lockdown, um, a lot of businesses probably were not dissimilar to us where they managed by exception. So you'd look at your accounts at the end of a month, but you're looking back historically and you're typically saying, right, well, how did last month go? How did last quarter go? What's, what's, what's the pipeline? Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're in good Nick. And it was, you were managing by exception. Like some of the previous recessions, but this is, a, a different type with the COVID with a complete lockdown. Um, it's now managing by minutia. And that's when access to data is key. Having one version of the truth. Um, and, you know, that's where, th- thankfully, from, a, from an IT perspective, we're using tools. I mean, for us, it's, it's, it's Microsoft BI that's been essential because it's allowing us to see a financial information, cash collection information. It's allowing us to see everything ultimately in real time. Yeah. And it's one version of the truth because we've created these dashboards where, you know, we all have access to the same information. So, 
you know, in one respect, there's no hiding. Uh, everyone gets to see the same data, but more importantly, you're dealing with the here and now. You're not dealing historically. And for us, it's allowing us to now look forward to say, well, how does May look, June look, July look? Um, and I remember hearing someone say, you know, data is, data is the new gold or the new oil. And, you know, having accurate data that's up to date that allows you to make decisions quickly. You might not like the decisions you have to make, but at least you know you're dealing with true real data and not a, just a gut feel. And so, uh, I mean, I was at that summit and I, I just thought the guys really hit the nail on the head about data being so essential. And I think all businesses will, will feel that now from, from this situation that you're making decisions, you're having to maybe make decisions really quickly. And you can only do that if you're comfortable with the data that you've got. Otherwise, you're, you know, it's, it's a bit of a wing and a prayer. So for us, it's, it's really trying to drill down and, and be comfortable that you've got that single pane of glass that, that, that's giving you the truth. Albeit it might not be uh, as palatable as you might want, but it is giving you the truth so that you're making decisions based on knowledge and not just on gut. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, am I right in saying that experience celebrated 50 years in business last year? Yep. Um, and uh, it's from, from, because from being a, a Queen's University startup company, um, you know, working in the medical field to then evolving. And I mean, I've been with the organization now for 30, 31, 32 years. So the evolution of experience, but yes, we have the, the privilege of, of celebrating our 50th year last year and uh, planning for another 50. Excellent. And offices in, in England and Scotland as well as in Lisbon? Yep, yep. We, when, whenever I joined, we had probably just around about just under 20 people and now we're over 100 uh, spread between Lisbon, Peterborough and Glasgow. Um, and uh, I have to say, uh, you, when situations like, like this happen, you realize just what a good team you have, what, what good people you have. And our industry, certainly from the technology sector, it's all about wisdom. It's all about, you know, our clients expect us to have the, the right solution and the right tools, but it's actually the people that make it work, that make the difference. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a key area for us um, is, is, is the people. But no, we've, we've thankfully um, gone from strength to strength over the last wee while. And uh, we have plans to continue to do so even post COVID-19. Great. And you mentioned the people and, and you give uh, the utmost credit to, to the people within the business driving the growth. Are there any other, uh, what have the other drivers been that have allowed uh, experience to go from, from a Northern Ireland only based company to one that's uh, across the islands? Um, for us, it's a, we're in an industry that's constantly evolving. I mean, if you think about it, Kevin, the tools that businesses are using now, like, you know, in this conversation alone, I've talked about Microsoft Teams, business intelligence, you know, we've talked about cloud, you know, the, the industry continually evolves. So for us, 
we our clients expect us to know a not only where the industry is going but how that might help them and help their businesses so we've had the privilege of having clients that we talk about first generation second generation but we've clients that have been with us on their third or fourth generation of it you know, people that started off as maybe two, three people working in a shed that are now employing maybe two, three hundred people. And, you know, their success has led to our success. And, it, you know, it has been a true partnership um, where, you know, we, we and for us, if, as long as we can evolve by making sure that we're there for our clients, we're providing the right tools, the right uh, productivity sets for them that then allowed them to continue to excel in their fields. And that's, that means we have such a broad range of clients from not from profit, for construction, from manufacturing, distribution, um, because we've, we've built up people and teams that understand those industries, can speak that, their language, and can ultimately add real value to what we ultimately want to deliver. And, and, and again, it comes back to the people and coming back to the, the tools that, you know, that allow us to form those really strong relationships with our clients. And, and that, uh, that diversity of specialism and uh, industry expertise will no doubt serve you well as we, as we all move um, beyond this crisis and its, its ramifications. So a very transferable lesson that I think for, for all businesses. Well, P- Patrick, thank you so much for, for taking the time to speak with us. I'll uh, ensure your, your technology expertise, plenty of takeaways and very timely and relevant takeaways. So um, thanks for your time. No problem, Kevin. Thank you very much indeed. Much appreciated. Just a quick and final word from me, folks, to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, there are plenty more conversations with other thought leaders and world-class performers to come. So make sure you're following MLN on Twitter. That's at MLN underscore NI. And sign up for our e-newsletter by visiting mln.org.uk forward slash join. It's all free and in addition to receiving notifications about podcasts and speaker videos, you will also receive invites to free events that MLN organises throughout the year. The Management and Leadership Network is able to provide all of this for free due to the support of the MLN champions. And they are Amet Insurance, CPL Recruitment, DAC Beechcroft, Danske Bank, Electric Ireland, PKFFPM, Ulster University and Experience. So thank you to those organisations and thank you very much for listening.